Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Live from Estopin All In. It's the Bamos Morados Podcast. Powered by the state of Louisville. Welcome to another edition of the Vamos Marauders podcast. My name is Benton Newman. You can find me at Twitter at PurpleSDF. My name is Zach Allen Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Zach W. Allen. How are you doing, Benton? You know what, Zach? Because you asked, I'm a little upset for a number of reasons. But the first reason being is some news I just read right before recording this episode. is the fact that U.S. soccer has awarded the last um, CONCACAF spot to another MLS team. A which, fourth MLS team. Yes, and this is normally reserved for the champions of the U.S. Open Cup, but because of COVID, that was not held. Well, last but year, because of COVID, it was not held last year. But they're actively doing the the lower uh, the lower rounds for next year already, so it kind of nullifies that argument, right? Since they're actively doing it, I'm not sure either way. It's kind of well. Also, that is a spot that all of the leagues compete for like that is not an mls team spot like they already have no that one's F- no that one's mls spots because the toronto uh, the, no, the, 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 the canadian the, teams can't win that one the, it happened um, to toronto a few years ago the u.s open cup winner i mean the yeah. that that ctl oh, yeah. spot is not an mls spot that yes, is that yes, is a yes. tournament that has teams from all the leagues in it so it's especially egregious just just to give it to one league when that is a multi-league tournament. So, I mean, it just goes to show that uh, U.S. soccer and MLS are essentially one and the same, which is super disappointing. I mean, I I watch the MLS and stuff like that, but they shouldn't be running the, running the show like this. It's hard enough to compete with another league, but to compete with another league and the Federation yeah, is a big hell for USL. It's a frustrating decision, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully yourself fights it, but I kind of doubt they're going to put much emphasis into fighting that battle. It's, and they, they should fight it, but yeah, should, we'll see. but I, I kind of doubt it. So that's issue one. That's, uh, that's got me uh, a little worked up. And the other issue, is- if anything, they should just have like four of the league champions do a, that, that would, you could do that in a week. That, that would not take long to, to play out, to earn that last spot. I mean, yeah, other, a lot of other soccer matches are going on. Again, we, I think we talked about this before, but it's kind of, you know, let's be honest, some of this is the laziness on U.S. soccer's part about the U.S. Open Cup. They just, they just don't care about it. Yeah. yeah. There's no Open Cup games on the schedule this year, so it's, you got space <laughs> to do yeah. a little thing to decide it. Yep. Yeah, so. so that sucks. And then what also sucks is some of the matches that we have to talk about, at least some of the results and some of the First news one's surrounding fun. this. The first one is a lot of fun. What if we cover the first game of the week and just like call it, call it a podcast? <laughs> that Hartford game was fun. I'm glad we didn't play anything else. Yes, the Hartford match. I was a big fan of that. That was a very memorable match. You know, it's it was on the road, on short rest, on the national stage. And uh, the team showed up. Very, very thrilled with that. Yeah. 
So funny thing about, I, I guess, I think we, we are, we're so in the Louisville city bubble. I don't know if we realize like how big being on ESPN two is, but my dad was telling me, he just randomly got a text from, from my grandfather, his dad, who is not a soccer fan, does not follow Louisville city or anything. And he texted my dad, like, you watching the game? And dad was like, what, what game? What are, what are you, like, UK's not playing right now. What are, you, what are you talking about? He's like, I can't believe Louisville gave up that lead going into the half. <laughs> so, like, it, it's a big deal being on ESPN, too. That's like, that draws in a lot of people who don't normally watch Louisville City stuff. That exposure matters. Yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm really happy that the U.S. So has a has a deal like this. I mean, I already think I mean being on ESPN Plus, I think is a pretty great deal because a lot of people I think kind of already have it by way of getting their Disney packages and whatnot. Yeah. Not to mention it's pretty steal at its price, but definitely but to better get the than games, being on Paramount. Oh, for sure, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but you know, having it on ESPN, yeah, that's a that's a that's a huge deal. And then not only that, but having ex- not have not only a win, but an exciting win that catches attention. I kind of wish it was uh that was a good game to be the nationally televised game yeah. there's a lot of goals it was up and down it was fast like for a for a non-hardcore soccer fan that's a fun that would have been a fun match to yeah. watch my only complaint would be is he it wasn't the exactly the the best stadium to showcase on there but I mean not everybody has the Lynn family stadium and we're a little bit spoiled and sometimes <laughs> sometimes I kind of put that aside in my head but I think we have a Lynn game on ESPN2 coming up yeah, the, so, uh, the New Mexico match at yep. the beginning of October. So we'll get to showcase it. Yep. So, all right. So let's uh, let's dive in this one. First, we can talk about the, the lineup. And this is a uh, pretty, pretty standard lineup. Cameron, uh, Cameron Lancaster returned it to the fold. Looks like Akil Watts. Him. Yep, Akil Watts got the start um, over Oscar. I kind of feel like they're still taking it like real easy with Oscar. Yeah. Because this is, I was told this is his first major injury. So it's probably one of those things. If he doesn't feel ten percent, he sort of because of under other injuries got rushed into a start before I think they wanted to start him. So yeah, yep, yep. And then the other other note I had on that is Chris Hubbard returned to the uh, to the eighteen after his what they said on the broadcast that his last absence was was personal leave. Yeah. So vacation time i don't know how they accrue that in soccer but <laughs> um oh uh, one lineup note i thought akil had a solid game it was good um i wanted to know I, I don't i don't think i had noticed this before i but he was taking corners which i don't i don't recall him doing earlier this year um yeah i feel like there's a few guys ahead of him in the in the pecking order so yeah. it might just be one so, things where it panned out in his favor and it worked out well spoilers yep so starting off the match um i mean they wasted no time this is from start to end a pretty exciting match with first uh first goal coming at seven minutes of brian ombi drove it into the box uh under a lot of pressure in fact nutmegged it through one defender a cheeky goal from lancaster yeah, yeah just lancaster. off the toe too he just poked it through yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, right through the goalkeeper's leg. So between two sets of legs, like that was a, that was a pretty fun way to start. That was a kind of unique goal and showed some real you know, toughness from Brian. Obi. It really shows why he's been 
so clutch for us this season. He, you know, he didn't, he wasn't getting bullied over. He kept that drive alive. I thought it was fantastic. Lancaster scores some of the best low speed goals mm-hmm. where he just puts it, gets like, does something cheeky, gets just enough on it to place it where he needs it, needs it to go. Yeah. Yep. He's the king of those. So unfortunately it looks like the, uh, the bad guys here, the Hartford athletic level things out at the 23rd minutes. It was a quick uh... cross in the box. No, Jorge scored next. We went up 2-0. The 29th minute. You're right. I'm sorry. My notes got jumbled. This is why I have you on here to keep me in line. A a Lancaster shot deflected, and then Jorge was there to clean it up and put it away. Uh Probably, I think they mentioned on the call, but probably should have been across from Lancaster instead of a shot based on the angle he was at, but he put yeah. enough on it that the keeper couldn't control it. And we got yeah. the goal anyway. So yeah, definitely the fact that he didn't maintain the possession with that one was, was, was pretty critical. Cause yeah, it was pretty weak shot and gr- a little greedy, but you know, it happens. Yeah. Well, it's, you hit it hard, keep it on, tar- on target and good things happen. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what happened. So we were up uh, you know, about 30 minutes end up two nil. Yep. Riding high. Yep. And then I guess everyone was riding high because we forgot to play defense after that. Yeah. I, I've heard that the most, most dangerous time for a team is like the two minutes after scoring. I don't know if there's any, anything to actually back that up or not. It's just a saying or, or comment I've heard before at six with me, but this one occurred less than a minute after on a quick counter. They, uh, it was a, it was a cross and a tap in, yep. but and, and then here's the interesting thing about this one. Again, I, I, I've said this before. I try to refrain. Um, Can we do from... rules corner? Can I talk about a, a specific rule that I think a lot of people are not super aware of on, on offsides? You can. Let me, just, let me describe it this. So I, I, you know, I, I looked at it afterwards. And again, I try not to bet you about the officiating because you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. It evens up at the end of the day. But I, I took a screenshot on this on, on, um when I, after I was watching the replay on Twitter shortly after that occurred and the screenshot I took, it looked, I mean, it looked pretty clearly like, like he was, it was off sides there, but he is, it sounds like he you're going to have something to correct me here. So he is very clearly past the last defender. Cause you can, if, if you're looking at the screenshot, conveniently the goal box line right there is you can see mm-hmm. he's on one side of it and the defenders on the other side of it. Yeah. But I guess the, the thing about offsides is that, you have to be past the last defender and the ball to be considered offsides. And, and what is keeping him on sides there is he is, it's hard to, it's harder to tell in the screenshot, but at the, t- at the time the pass came, comes in, he is level with to a little bit behind the ball, which make, which means he's onside. You can be behind the last defender. If the ball is pat- is further down the field than you are. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at it right now, and I'm not thoroughly convinced. He's, conv- he's I mean, almost completely level with it when the pass comes. It's very close, but that yeah. that is that is the justification there. As I I think yeah. even though he's past the defender clearly, he is still. It looks like from the angle, even with the ball. Yeah, so a with, little bit behind it. With all my moaning on this one, I'm not super heartbroken, but it is something I wanted to kind of call it as, as questionable. I'm looking at the screenshot right now. It kind of looks like he's past it, but then again, like it happened real quick, and we yeah. don't have VAR in this league, so it would have does had the, the 
make that call right then and there. So I uh, I get why it didn't happen. Yeah, the but. the player with the ball got. I mean, he's pretty. Far, I mean, he's not. He's pretty close to the touchline. Um, but yeah, it's that that is the justification. There is if it were if it were just a question of whether he's passed the last defender, it's very clearly yeah. offsides. But you you cannot be offsides if the ball is in front of you. Yeah, um, I'm still I'm still leaning slightly with offsides, but then again, since it would have had to be called in that, in that moment, I get why it wasn't called, and, I, and I'm at peace with that. But I didn't know that part about the rule. So now yeah, I do. that's that. So like, I an easier case for this is like, if if there's like a transition play where everything completely breaks down and like two offensive players get past the last defender, you can lay it off to someone who's back behind the ball, even if even if you're both past the last defender, you just can't pass it to someone who's in front of you gotcha. or in front of the ball. Yeah. So, look at this, everybody. We learned something about the rules. I need to like sit down, like read them in detail one day because I get questions like these come up and, and I can't say I can answer nuanced stuff like this. <laughs> Did you sit well, down and that, read the rule book? It almost never comes up because it's basically, oh, yeah. it's only a case where someone beats a defender off the dribble and then passes it backwards, which you don't see a ton, but it's that rule is, I think the reason why there's no offsides on a corner kick, because it's not possible to be (laughs) past the ball on a corner kick. It starts out of bounds. I just assumed it was because it was a a corner kick itself, but anyway, all right, let's not get too hung up in the rules. Let's move on. Unfortunately, we have another heart for gold to talk about. It came at the 43rd minute. Our, our beloved Jonathan Gomez is always beaten. And allowed and allowed a cross to go into a box, which was jumped up and headed in. Tosh tried to tried to get a noggin on it before the uh, before the attacker, but unfortunately that did not pan out. Yeah, I, I feel like overall it was a pretty poor defensive night. I think we <laughs> it was a good enough o- offensive night to make up for it, but I think I was looking at, at some of the advanced stats, and that's that's one of the poor defensive outings they've had the whole season yeah i don't yeah i don't disagree one thing I, I think is worth noting is that i don't feel like jonathan gomez has been completely the same since he picked up that injury a few matches no, he, ago i feel in, like he's in still any of the like, games he has not know. looked like himself or his his early season self so i still feel like he's carrying a little little something with him so i'm hoping that we get that little star uh back he's still i mean he's still doing a pretty great job overall but it's not he's not where he was no so but anyway, so that that put us in the halftime uh, two to two. So at that point, it's a little a little frustrating as a fan to blow a two nil lead. Yep, you want to be able to close out those two cold leads. Thankfully, yeah. uh, <laughs> it was not super long into the second half that we got well, a little more breathing room. Well, before that, I think it is also worth noting, and I don't remember exactly where when it happened, but at some point, Parker had some sort of collision. And the uh, towards the end of the first half, yeah. So starting in the second half, Chris Hubbard actually came into the match. Great and, to see and, Hubbard back in. Yeah. yeah, I mean, not spoiler alert, but in the in the following match, Hubbard got to start with Parker on the bench. So I don't know if that was well some sort of rotation or if Parker's still like a little questionable. So I wanted to mention, I, like, you know, because I had mentioned earlier in the season that Hubbard was having kind of an off season for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it was like a little bit of a, a deliberate change to switch to Parker, but Parker, I don't think has done particularly better than Hubbard was doing. Um, I think, I think it's been fairly even between the two. So I, 
I think the injury gave the opportunity, but I think it's probably another, you know, Parker was not blowing, blowing us out of the water either. So yeah. let's, let's change it up again. See. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I'm at peace with it. I just didn't know if it was maybe somehow tied to the injury or not, but who knows? So, I, I think that halftime substitution was definitely like he oh, had a knock and you, you could. Oh, tell, that was, yeah, that was it. You don't, you never, who knows the, it, it's probably, it's probably if he was feeling even a little bit in that next game, it made sense to go with Hubbard again. Cause they, yeah. their play when they've started has been fairly, fairly comparable to each other. So you yeah. go with whoever doesn't have the knock, I think. I agree. Yeah. And you don't normally want to burn a sub on a goalkeeper. So I'm sure it was that it, whether it was because he literally need, he actually really need to come out or more precautionary thing either way. Totally fine with that decision. But anyway, interrupted you before. You're about to tell us about our third goal of the night. Uh, so I mentioned it was interesting to see Akil taking corners. And then 56th minute, he took a a great one right onto Brian Ombi's head for a a very like the way you draw up the corner kick type goal. It's that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what you plan to do. Yeah, you find that um, one exactly in the textbook. He did he placed that one perfectly. Made it look, made it real easy for Brian Ombi to yeah, and Ombi Ombi placed it perfectly too off the header. Just yeah, mm. uh, textbook. So, and then we were blessed then we got with, the fun one. Yeah, I was gonna say we were blessed with one more goal at the 60th minute, and it was a uh, it's gonna be on this season's highlight reel for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. So it was uh, Antoine Hopeno kind of worked the ball into the box. He he did some sort of a juke sequence, basically shook off two separate defenders and while kind of on the run mid box fired off a nice curling shot to the uh, top right corner. Um, you know, my description is not doing it justice. If you failed to watch this match, go check it out. It is a he pretty was awesome goal. hammering the juke bunny button, the whole play. Yeah. That's um, it's like, you know, it's like somebody good playing FIFA against me on the defenders and they're that <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that they had score. Well, and, it was not like bad defense. Like he, he had people right on him the whole time. They were not giving him space. It was just a great, great move from him. To, and the little bit of space he got was all he needed. Yep, absolutely. So that put the score line at four to two. And that's also ultimately how the match ended. It had a few substitutions uh, coming the, uh, in the mix. Uh, you know, McCabe and Napo came on. Greg came on, Josh Widener all came on, but uh, and they were able to see the match out. So 4-2 win. Again, like I said, short rest on the road, on the national stage. Mm, love to see it. Love to see it. Now, statistically, I thought it was interesting. Um, I mean, the possession battle was relatively even, and they got off pretty much just as many shots and chances as that we did, except for the differentiator is that of our 14 shots, 11 were on target. Of yeah. their 11 shots, three were on target. So that's, that's a big difference. And overall, our shots, our, our shots were just like slightly higher quality. At XG, mm-hmm. it was 2.04 for us and 1.76 for them. So I, fairly even. I, I mentioned 1.76 is, I think, the most they have allowed on, on defense the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, even, even the game where Indy had the two, uh, penalty kicks, that was not that much. So that was only 1.61. So I've been thinking about that that game recently. That one triggers me still. Uh, but yeah, it's, so they, they played good enough on offense to make up for it, but one of their, as far as 
denying chances one of their poorest defensive performance of the season. Yep. Um, one thing I do want to note, I did mention before that the position battle is 50-50 each, but one thing I generally look at along with that is where the passes are occurring and about two thirds of the athletic passes were in their own half. So I think that's a little bit of a testament of the quality of position that they have. They might have time-wise had an even split, but it wasn't of the, the highest caliber, let's call it. Not as threatening, so. Well, and they have had plenty of games this season where they've had more chances and and were uh, on the bad side of bad luck. And this was a game where finally, like you're, it goes both ways. Sometimes, sometimes you are the beneficiary of some some good mm-hmm. <laughs> bounces. So, yep. The uh, the only other thing I want to mention with this match is with that win, Louisville City tied Orange County SC for the second most wins in USL Championship history with 124. That's a fun fact, isn't it? I would not have guessed Orange County would be in first or would would be in second. I think it's just one of those things they've just been in the league a lot longer than a lot of these other teams. Ah, I forget that they used to have a different name, didn't they? They were the Blues. Yeah, everybody used to have a wild wild name. But uh, we – I forget. I saw it somewhere, and I don't have it up in front of me. It shows, like, the number of games it took to get that point, and it's, like, wildly different. Like, we did it in much fewer (laughs) games. So, these are pretty awesome. So, all right, that's uh, that's all I have – on that fun, fun Hartford match, do you have anything, or should we move on to the uh, well, not so fun matches? Not nah, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on to the sad matches. Yeah, sad the, matches. Well, the Louisville one does not make me as sad as the racing one, but that's that's for other reasons than just the game. Yeah. Anyway, maybe, we'll get maybe sad we'll isn't the right word. Maybe frustrating. Yeah. So after after that fun Hartford win, I thought kind of thought we were you know we we're going to be bouncing back after we had what two losses and a draw leading into that Hartford match. I thought we were going to get back to our winning ways. This was not the match for that. Um, So we took on the OKC energy um, in Oklahoma city. They were wearing their pink and green kits that we appreciate. Good kits. (laughs) We need, we need purple and green kicks as the alternate next year. Yeah. I I wouldn't mind something just like really obnoxious and wild. Let's, let's get, it would be like a nod to racing, but not super straight up, but the purple and purple and green actually can be a pretty cool combo. If you do it right. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe we can ask, uh, Jonathan who we need to talk to in the organization, if we can be part of their kit selection committee, is there a committee (laughs) for that? Do they care what we have to think? I don't know. (laughs) Be on the committee to choose between the templates that Adidas allows us to design off of. They know my dumbass is going to buy a kit anyway, so they're not going to let me pick. (laughs) All right, let's talk about this match. And the first thing I thought was really interesting about this was it was not only the formation, but the personnel selection. I thought this was really interesting. So first off with formation, we ended up rolling out. It was like a 3-5-2, 3-4-1-2, whatever you want to call it. Basic three-man back line we've started with we have shifted into a three-man back line mid-game but i don't recall starting gonna, the game out with I'm three in the back check that for a while quick. i think we have he likes the back coach cruz has, has been vocal before that he I likes think we might have thrown that out early ah, yes against atlanta united too yeah where real we early we threw that out but and normally then, that's something we've shifted into when we had a lead sporting kansas city july 7th okay and that's it. That's the only times. If I remember correctly from the and sporting I think KC we did that. Look, in our, 
I think we did our preseason match against uh, Pittsburgh too. If you want to yeah. count that in the tally. And if, if I remember correctly from the sporting Kansas city one, it was like on the chart, it was a three man back line, but Sharpie kind of played more like a wing back. And it really was like, it was, we played it more like a four man back line in that game. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think this I one was one. legitimately a three, three man back yeah. line. Yeah. So the shift there again, it's a, it's been a known thing that coach Danny Cruz likes his uh, back three. So I'm not opposed to changes like this, uh, you know, especially when it's done in a tactful manner. What I didn't so much understand was some of the personnel selections. Now I get, we're dealing with injuries and rest and whatnot, but this wasn't our a squad. And I kind of feel like we're still in like, let's win everything territory. We're still, I mean, we still have a chance at winning the regular season and we don't have that much breathing room in the central division. So to, to see, to see that lineup, I, I I don't know that I I loved it. I I wouldn't mind if some of those players came on later, but I think some other names should have started. I don't know. It was a unique lineup, but I, I think player by player, those are all players I'm comfortable with starting. It's just having them all at the same time in that formation is, it's just new. I, I don't, uh, yeah. It, Cause I, I don't know, looking back, back at the game, I, I think overall we played fairly well. Um, yeah. And so uh, I, I, it's hard for me to fault the lineup. I, I think they did what they needed to do to win that game yeah. overall and, and just didn't get the result. Yeah. And again, I'm, I'm probably being a little too critical of some of these, these players well, and, and also and not, I, I, I don't think the coach had a lot of, choice with what the lineup was going to be mm-hmm. uh i think a lot of people are sitting on on injuries um, yeah even the ones that are i mean because just the ones that were listed as out um bone uh we had four four players on the in the pregame uh four players were listed as out uh yeah i just i struggle with with leaving people like tyler gibson and brian Ombi on the bench yeah, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. And I, I think Gibson, that was just a managing minutes situation. I think he's played a whole lot and we had a Tuesday game because um, he did sub in. I think that was the plan. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Again, no, I would rather them start. But again, I, there's a lot of factors that go into play with this. I'm sure coach Danny Cruz is way smarter than me at soccer. So this is me being a little bit of an armchair quarterback. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, I think George makes sense because we had the three in the back. It's not, it's not the same as if we had played, play him, played him as a wing back in, in a four man, man back line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could understand the logic there. Cause he does play well back, back when we used to play the three, four, three, several seasons ago that was the position he played in yeah for the most part and and excelled in there so that yeah. that made sense to me because of the formation we went with yeah. that that george got that spot but yeah and and again i'm fine with that i just me personally i would have liked to see tyler gibson or brian umby worked worked in there and i think it would have been a little more palatable but to see both of them on the bench i was like, i don't know yeah. but again there's a lot of other factors that go into this and a lot of things. I probably don't know about the situation. However, like you said, I think by and large, they did a pretty commendable job despite yeah. only securing a draw from the performance. When I, when I went back and looked at it, I mean, it's basically that, I mean, 
Oklahoma City did not have a lot of chances. Uh, the, the goal they scored was really the only good chance they had. And that was like off a deflection, went right to a player who was crashing in. Yeah. Like that, that was not the way that Oklahoma City drew that one up. Uh, um, that was a little, a little bit of a little fluky. And we were also pretty fortunate that it occurred in the 50th minute for three minutes of stoppage time in the first half. Yeah. So I mean, I, we had that happen no. against us. So I feel a little vindicated now that we got one of those. To, to start with the positives, I do think after the previous game against Hartford, I think the defense was a lot better in, in this game. That, yeah. that other that one play they scored on, we locked we locked them down pretty much the rest of the game, other than that. And that play was not like a great, great chance. It was a little bit fortunate for yeah. it took a it took a fortunate bounce for Oklahoma City on that it was, scoring play. It was a cross through a lot of Louisville City traffic. And unfortunately, I don't know if you watched the replay, but but Josh Widener is ducking in that moment. It goes like over him. Yeah. And I don't well, know Well, and it wasn't a cross on purpose. It was a shot that got deflected. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that the shot itself got deflected. Yeah. Okay. That makes uh, more sense. But still, yeah, just a, a bad sequence there. It, is, it, was a, it was a shot that got deflected to look like a perfect assist. <laughs> Now, we, we've yeah. kind of jumped around a bit on this match, but that's okay because there's not a ton I want to talk about with it. But one thing I do want to bring up is the potential handball situation um, like 10 minutes into the match. So I need oh, you to gosh. crack open your I need you to crack open your rule book and again. And the way that one was, oh, rules corner again. <laughs> yeah, so what, so, you know, for the people who may not have seen it, essentially what happened is we were firing a, a, sh- a shot from like right outside the box and there was an Oklahoma City defender falling in mid-motion with his arm extending towards the ground not touching the ground, but extend towards the ground the ball hit off of that well, and we instantly called for a handball there but nothing was was granted there and not just falling he he saw the shot was coming and went to step towards it and then when the shot was taken realized that the shot was going to be behind him instead of in front of him. Like he took the jump and fell backwards because, because of the shot. And then that's why his arm was going down and hit it. That's, I feel oh, like for context, yeah, yeah. that's important too. Oh, it is absolutely. not like just watched he got it. knocked into. He, he went, he thought the shot was going to be in front of him and stepped out. And then when the shot was behind him, fell backwards. <laughs> oh, that makes it even more egregious now that you put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Cause I'm watching it again. That's, that's definitely a case. So me trying to be devil's advocate here and trying to like understand why the ref may not have called it is that my assumption is that maybe it was considered a natural position using air quotes because he was falling. My logic on that though, but I, I don't know if that's right or not. That is defensible. Like if you don't see the ball coming or could not have seen it coming, but like that shot was not right in his face. Like, he saw the ball coming. He was facing the shot and put his arm in the way of it. I don't care if your arm's behind your back. Like you, the, the ball was in front of you. Like that that's on you for putting your arm in that position. Yeah. So, I mean, again, I try not to get too hung up on the rules. It just, he, it's more interesting. You watch play, he moves his arm into the ball. His arm is not there. And then the ball hits it. Like he, he puts his arm in the path of the ball, which is, yeah. I, I, in my interpretation, that rule is written, written for cases like if the ball is, if the someone takes a shot and you have your back to the ball and your, your yeah. arm is just like where arm would normally be and it hits it, that's not a handball, you didn't do it on purpose. Or yeah. if like someone's two feet in front of you and just fires it straight up off your arm, as long as you're not like putting your arms wide and trying to deflect it, that that's what, 
that's how I interpret the intention for the rule. But like, if you see the ball coming and put your ball, arm in the path of it, it doesn't matter if your arm's in a natural position. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. And had that been called against us, I would have been, it'd been pretty irate. So you win some, you lose some. Either way, it wasn't called. Not much we can do about it at this point. Well, and other than that, I mean, just tons of close looks for for Louisville City. It the whole game, but especially in that first half, like they they had a lot of um, the uh, Tosh had a shot off a set piece that he was like five feet in front of the goal or something like, and just mm-hmm. the the goalie was in the right position and made a play on it. But we, we had a lot of very good looks. I thought. Yeah. I mean, we did, we ended the match 15 total shots, 10 chances created. Fortunately, only four of those were, were on target. So I think, and like, like we said before, I think we're in alignment that defense was just the massive problem here. I just think our, our attack lacked teeth. And I have this hindsight bias that, and this is why I wanted like a Brian Ownby or somebody playing or Zach or Zach, Tyler Gibson, who can help kind of facilitate those plays, play the uh, Corbin Bone type of yeah. role. And I, I do think we're missing happen. Bone. But I also oh, think, for sure, I, you know, I, I, you, you do what you can to get good looks. I think sometimes you have games where two thirds of them are on target, and sometimes you have games where a third of them are on target. And I think it's easy to, to rate the results rather than rate the chances a little bit. Like, uh, you know, I, I mm-hmm. think very easily that could have been like a three, one game or, you know, that, you yeah, know, I don't it, think it's just, sh- it's hard to judge. I don't think our opportunities were, were that great. I mean, unfortunately, I think one, one was probably relatively fair score line. Uh, I think two, one would have been the fairest score line. I, I, I trust me. I'd like your score line better than mine. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I mean, just looking at expected goals, they had 2.4 expected goals in that game. I, I think they had good quality chances. They, they gave themselves enough chances to win that game, I think. Yeah. Especially, I wanted to mention, well, I, we didn't even talk about the goal, but uh, right, like, 30 seconds before halftime, um, just another case of Paolo being in the right time, right place at the right time this season um, to, to clean up uh, and score a goal. I'm not even positive. I've watched that replay, like, 10 times, and I can't tell – where he actually hit the ball <laughs> i don't know if it was a header or if he kicked it it he was like, very hard he like fell into it it was weird yeah. so yeah so we yeah oklahoma city there's just at the 25th minute but ours was in i think it was it just hit the 50th minute yeah. at that point and again three minutes a lot of time so we we were a little fortunate for that but it was a it wasn't the prettiest goal in the world but and they all then, count the same yep and then i guess talking about good chances i wanted to mention in the second half, Greg had an absolute rocket that the goalkeeper had to lay all the way out for and just barely got a fingertip on and deflected wide. And that was a very, very good shot from him that really, if not for an incredible save, would have been a, a goal, a really good goal. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a goal. But aside uh, from that, yeah. We had, the, we had the chances, I think. So, yeah, fair enough. Again, but we're back to where we started. We, we, we had that win at Hartford, but then now we're back to a draw against the energy. It's a little frustrating. And it, so it puts added pressure onto yeah. upcoming match where we go up to Indy, which they're not the greatest right now, but still rivalry matches are always going to be a little tougher, especially when it's away. All right. I just think looking at the past few, I, I have not been happy with the results, but I think, I think Louisville is 
has it in them to go on a run again. Mm -hmm. I think they are, they are playing good enough on offense and defense that I, I, I think they have another run of like four or five wins rolled off. And, and I think, yeah, we'll feel a lot different when that happens. Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but coming up on Saturday, like we said, another LEPA FC, am I saying that right? I don't know if I can actually like phonetically pronounce it. There is, I don't, I'm not, FC, I don't think there's a, a, an official pronunciation. You know, it's been around for what, like 300 years and we haven't had like a pronunciation guide created. I do believe the original pronunciation is lost to time. It's, it's before the era of recorded word. Um, so yeah. we'll never know for sure what the actual pronunciation is. Our ancestors knew, but didn't pass it down. Such a shame. We'll, we'll do oh, yeah. better Lipa to preserve FC, our history. Lipa FC, Lipafka. Yeah. So, I mean, for those unacquainted, we won't talk about Indy very much, but they're without their head coach because he got frustrated, frustrated and said, peace, dipped out. <laughs> they, uh, for under mysterious circumstances, uh, Jordan Hamilton left their squad, who Jordan Hamilton is an ex MLS player. He was on Toronto, Columbus crew. So he's a very two- good goal against. <laughs> Yeah, Louisville, he's, he's a correctly. good player. I mean, he, he has one, he's been on two MLS uh, championship sides in recent years. He's 25 years old. So that was, I think that's a big asset loss. They just let another defender go. I didn't read the article on it and I wasn't very familiar with him. And they got somebody else on loan. So there's been some shakeups since the last time that we've not, engaged not in battle. Not been a good, feel good year for, for Indy this year. Nope. Nope. Not good at all. So, all right. You want to pivot and talk about the uh, the gals and lavender? Yep. This is let's this, get to the real depressing stuff. Yeah, this is this is sad. The other one's frustrating. <sighs> this is sad. So, why don't you uh, why don't you take us through this one? All right, all right. So, uh, with so we are way at Orlando this week. Purple um, and purple action. Yep. Uh, and uh, lineup wise. Uh, Orlando is basically back to their full squad. Everyone's back from the Olympics. Um, uh, Marta and LaRue um, got the start up front. Um, Korniak, who who I thought really gave Louisville a lot of trouble in the first two times they played, um, started this game. I think Louisville did a lot better keeping her contained this game um, compared to the past two. Um, yeah, Allie Riley started uh krieger um so it, a like a formidable squad and then um alex morgan subbed in in the second half so she she is is back i think this was her first appearance since the olympics for them uh that sounds right i feel like she yeah. took her time um and then as far as the, on the racing side it's it, like our, pretty much our normal uh is it the same lineup as the our, last, our new normal? Week? Yeah. I, I, I don't, so. I didn't notice that. I don't think there were any changes. I um, think, I think it's the same people. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's the same lineup as last week. Cause we had Balcom and Nadim and Kaiser. Yeah. Uh, it's the same. Top, and then Malay Freya and Sav in the midfield. And then Martin real Bonner and Fox on the back line. Um, mm-hmm. Really the only the only changes from our normal starting lineups are really Balcom starting at the same time as Nadia up top and then Martin playing in Fox's position and Fox playing in Simon's 
position in the back. We, we, he has moved Fox over to the right, which I think yep. has been a good move overall. Yeah. Um, I'm a Fox. I'm, I'm, Okay. Fox has been playing very good on the right side of the field. Yeah, I'm I'm totally fine with experimentation. Like, let's figure out what we have, what works, especially now since pr- the playoffs are pretty much completely out of the picture. Yeah, like let's let's do stuff like that and see see what our options are down and, the road. And I think the game started very well for racing. They were, um, I was watching the highlights, and basically the first twenty minutes of highlights, you do not see Orlando with the ball. It's all. <laughs> all racing highlights for the, at the start of that game, they got, they had a lot of good chances early. Um, I thought they were passing well and um, unfortunately did not get a goal out of that good play. But I I think if we're looking for positives, that was like a very good start to the game for them. Um, Yeah. And then God Fox had a shot that got deflected by the keeper. And then uh, I think Malay had the follow-up and just barely, uh, I think her and the keeper collided and the ball flipped up and it sort of bounced back forwards instead of backwards, but looks like it could have easily gone in had it taken just a little bit different skip. Um, so the good chances early for Louisville, I thought. Yep. And then I believe it was about the 12th minute when the foul occurred. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think officially she came out in the 16th minute, but there was a couple minutes in between there. So, yep. yeah. So it was a foul by, I'm told that this Phoebe uh, McLaren gal has been a part of a few, few serious injuries this season. Maybe she they're has not been on the other but, side of a player getting injured several times. Yeah. Yeah. She may be not intentional, but, but reckless, I think is probably a fair way to phrase it. Uh, took down our beloved Nadia Nadim, which we've learned officially today that it is, uh, was an ACL tear, I believe. On ACL. Yeah. I'm going to put her on the shelf for a while. The rest of the season, said, for uh, sure. They, they said they announced today that they've scheduled surgery for sometime in the next couple of weeks. Um, and it's it will be a full season recovery. Yeah, so she's out for quite a while. And she was, what, was she supposed to go get her 100th cap later in the she week? She just and- got called up to Denmark, too. That's, yeah, another rough part about it. it she I, Her first quote after the game was that she going to be gearing everything towards getting back in time for the euros next year that was like that was the first thing on her mind after the injury was that she wants to be back in time for the euros so yeah which i think that timetable from what i've read might be pretty uh pretty tough yeah Yeah. doable but tough so um i mean she's been around i i figure she knows her body and can i mean take full advantage of of the time she has to get ready if there's anyone that could fight her way back from that, it's Nadia. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, uh, but yeah, ACLs are rough. That's a, especially, I say at her age, she's my age, but that in your 30s, <laughs> that is, that's like a, that's a long recovery. That's a hard, yeah. hard a lot of hard work to put in to recover for, from that. We're not as young as we used to, but um, <laughs> so I don't, um, I don't know about you, but did it kind of feel like maybe the air is taken out of the balloon a little bit when it, our when our captain, or we're not, not our captain, but Nadia, well, our, our, she unofficial sort of captain so, in a way, an influencer on the team? I, I think they actually came back in the first couple minutes back from that, after Yuki subbed in, I thought, I thought they recovered from it pretty well. 
And it, it did not really seem to me like the air came out until the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought they, I thought they responded really well to that. They, they, I thought they had some good play right, like right afterwards. Um, yeah. Uh, but then, yeah. What, what minute was it where LaRue scored? 30th. Uh, 30th. Yeah. I think that, that was when kind of the sales deflated to me that like, uh, and just a, I guess we want to talk about that goal, but an, an incredible individual play from LaRue on that. Cause she, I mean, she came on the break running full speed and took a shot that got deflected and then hustled to get back on the side so that she could receive the pass after the deflection was recovered. I mean, that because usually you see someone make a run like that and and take a shot and then they just continue running out of bounds and are out of the play. But mm-hmm. it was like a very, like, very good hustle play from her to to take a shot, get back on side and receive the pass. and then kind of I think kind of similar to that Hopeno goal where she took a couple cuts took took a couple touches did not have much space at all I thought Freya played very good defense on that and just the like two inches of space she had was all she needed to put it yeah. like right in the corner watching it I mean, back this- right Rocket ship back right now. Your comparison to Hopeno's go goal was pretty spot on. It was she, very she takes almost very the exact same path he takes. But yeah, I would say the defenders were closer to her than they were to Hopeno. I think that oh, yeah. was even a, a tougher shot than Hopeno had because she yeah. she was off balance, like inside of the um, foot. Yeah, so just that's one where you just kind of that's like that's a, your, hat. your cap. Yeah, like yeah. there's there was nothing else we could have done on defense on that goal. That was, <laughs> that was yep. like the best you could have defended that. Yep. Well-earned. And then, uh, what was it? The 34th Four minute minutes later. Yep. Yeah. Well, and then another, again. like, you know, um, the cross came in, we were in good defensive position, got a foot on the cross and, and, and it just, it, it deflected right to Marta. It's just like, yeah, that just kind of an unfortunate, yeah, just play good get, defense. Just, I thought on that play, and just <laughs> and once once you deflect the pass and it goes right to her within the spot that she received it, like Marta's going to score <laughs> ninety nine times out of ten. That's what there. you There's call I, what you almost a one xg shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, if if we got maybe a little bit more foot on it, it would have stopped it from kind of yeah. bouncing over towards Marta, and it'd been a very different outcome. But yeah. Yeah, it's just physics, man. Sometimes they but don't I, I thought cooperate. the positioning was good. You know, we got in the way of the cross and just, you know, yeah, took an unfortunate bounce. It's I, I even though the score line was not super close, I, I thought this was one of the better games racing has played of late to me. I, I thought they actually defended well and and created chances well. I, I think the game was a lot closer than the score line showed on mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, that's, I mean, um, I can see that. Well, and then the um, second half after Morgan um, uh, checked in, like she was only in for like four minutes, but that was another play where they tried to make that through ball to her twice and it got deflected twice and just happened to go right back to an Orlando player. They got like three cracks at that pass before they mm-hmm. finally connected. Um, just, yeah, the, the well, the balls were not bouncing Louisville's way this game. Yeah. But before we get to that um, one, we did actually we score We skipped one. a very good goal, though. Yeah. 
he skipped CC's goal, which was uh, which came in from from Yuki. I was gonna say, so, I, 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 it was a good finish from CC, but a better pass from Yuki. I thought that was an extremely good through ball for her. She put it right where it needed to be for CC to get a pretty easy goal on that. I thought. Yeah, as much as I like having like young players to work with and develop with on the roster. This is the kind of reason why you like to have these veteran experienced players because they can make just really like high soccer IQ sort of plays yeah. like that, that maybe a, a younger, more naive player. Good may vision not. to even see that that pass was there. Yeah. So Yuki may not run like she used to, but her, her game IQ has not decreased at all. Yeah. So, so yeah, we scored goes two one. And like you said, shortly after Alex Morgan came on and then a, a few minutes after that, she found her goal sucks yeah and just like a like like i said you, to get three cracks at that pass is just unfortunate yeah so uh i don't know uh not a whole lot after that i thought yeah uh, i don't it's kind of a quiet end of the game after that third third I, orlando goal but i I'm, i mean i i i thought yeah I take some positives away from this game. Cause like that was a, that was a good lineup that Orlando fielded. And I thought they um, played them very close for, for that whole game. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. We're not, we're not at the point where the, where the playoffs seem like a not probability. And I just don't feel like we have a lot of positive momentum, especially now with Nadia injured. I, it's just a yeah. real like extra tough spot. You know, you don't have a head coach. Your one of your top star players is out. You you're on the outside looking in. I mean, we knew going to it be going to be an expansion team is hard, but it doesn't make it any easier in the moment. Um. Sorry, but yeah, I mean, to I mean to your point though, it's the score line was probably a little bit more uh, more of an egregious look than yeah than how we actually played. And I think that was going to be one of our barometers of success for this season. Is yeah, especially approved. especially with, you know, the results are not super important now because, like you mentioned, that yeah. I mean, they're pretty much out of playoff. I, I I want to see the quality of play improve, and even if that's not reflected in the score lines, I I, I will consider that a good way to close the season out. Yeah, yeah. Um, like like we said, we just need to show growth over time with the individual performances with the team gelling as a whole and, and and by and large i think we're we're trending in the right direction some matches more so than others but 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 things are going the way that you would want them to maybe not as fast as you want them to definitely come a long way from the early part of the season as far as the quality of play goes i think yeah. looking at um i don't know if anybody follows me on twitter i post these like five game rolling average i love that by the way charts Huh? I said, I love that by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I like, I like the, cause it's a good way to just get a barometer of like how, how the play changes throughout the season. And like those, those first 10 games of the season, it was a huge gap <laughs> between yep. how much, how many expected goals they were allowing versus how many they were creating. And they've, they've done a good job. It, it is the last couple games fallen off a bit, but um really from that like game 10 to game 15 stretch they really evened it out and basically were even to a little ahead for that stretch um and it's 
it's dropped a little bit the last like three or four games. So I, I would like to see them get back in the, mm-hmm. in the black on that yep. for to close the season out. Yep. So, all right. Well, before we, uh, before we call it a podcast episode, we can quickly talk about racing Louisville's next matchup, which they have a little bit of a break. They don't play for another 12 days. They don't play till the 26th, well, 12 days as of the recording of this. That two is. home games coming up next two matches. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday, the 26th and Friday, October the 1st, the first being uh, against the Houston dash, which we are, we got one win against them and also one loss, but the one loss being most recent in yep. August. They, they have been pretty average this season. They're like, I'm looking at my, some of my charts and they're like dead center of the chart. <laughs> they, they are, they are the average NWSL team. Yeah. They're, season. I mean, they're right on the outside of the playoff picture. They're sitting in seventh, minus three goal differential, 23 points. Like, I mean, if there is a, like, such thing as a doable match playing them at home, like, like, I think we can expect some points from this one yep. you know, on a good day, right? I mean, that, I, I think reasonably that probably should be a draw. Um, um, so, yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. They got some time to to continue to work out the kinks in practice and and learn to play a little bit more closer to Mario Sanchez's style of soccer. So we will see. All right, man. Do you have any any additional thoughts on? The yeah, I wanted to bring season? up. I guess. Well, it was some fun racing news, but uh, a little rain cloud. But uh, I want to mention international call ups for racing recently. Hmm. Uh, uh, Ebony, I just saw on on Twitter today, was posting pictures practicing with England. Um, so Ebony got Pretty the call up. Um, is there like, Nadia it's her had gotten the right? call up from Denmark. What was that? Is Ebony's second call up correct? Yep, I think so. She she her first call up was before she came to racing. Yep. Uh, earlier this year, um, and then um, uh, kind of a one that surprised me that this week, uh, Vanessa Cara, um, got called up for Dominican Republic. Um, and she's not, she's not seen the field a ton for us, but, um, mm. yeah, I'm good for her to get some international time. Absolutely. you love to see it. Love to see it. So, all right, well, I'm hoping that next podcast episode, we can talk about how both of our teams have kind of turned turned more of a corner little said he's got that big rivalry matchup and racing has you know has an opportunity to get a few points being back at home against a weaker opponent so my fingers are crossed so uh i'm gonna i'm gonna try to use my powers for good and i predict it's gonna be a bad week again we're gonna we're gonna play bad wink wink <laughs> let's hope so all right well, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you taking the time to listen to Zach and I ramble about Louisville soccer. We do appreciate you listening. If you want to follow me on social medias, you can find me on Twitter at PurpleSDF. I also run a website. It's called VamosMarados.com. If you haven't checked it out, take a look. I write stuff. I think it's fun. I hope you enjoy it. Zach, where can people find you? also do you? some fun recap videos from your basement for the away games i do yeah yep or uh or in the stands of the fc cincinnati match because my toronto lost <sighs> disgusting disgusting <laughs> there's st- I, I will give them the i can't believe you paid 33 dollars to go to cincinnati to walk a soccer game 
It was the cheapest I could find that was not in the Bailey because I wasn't trying to wear my wear all my red there. I don't know how they're going to react. But one, one, one fun thing I will say about the FC Cincinnati stadium is that when the opposing team is issued a yellow card, all the lights turn yellow. They have like a lot of light action going on. That yeah, they have that big outside the stadium light, like the whole, the whole, the whole thing is, up. yeah, the whole yeah. thing's a, so an advertisement. advertisements. Yeah. Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Zach W. Allen. I, I post some pretty, pretty charts sometimes. And some hot takes. Yeah, a lot of hot takes. <laughs> They're fun. They're fun to listen to. So, <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are nearing. Is it fair to say we're nearing the home stretch of our seasons? I think we're three quarters of the way through the NWSL season, at least. And we're, we're I think it's about the same for, yeah, yeah 23 so played out of 32. Except there, we're three quarters of the way through up for both. Yeah. We're entering fall ball territory. So, uh, you know, excited. Weather I love, for I love, the games coming I do, out. I, I love the fall soccer weather. I wish we had more home matches, but I'll take what we can get. So we can't. If, <laughs> we can't blame attendance on the sun anymore. Now, so it's a little bit of a cop out in the first place, but we won't get into that. So, all right, we're gonna wrap this thing up again. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. And we will catch you guys next week. Adios, Thomas Morados. Later, everybody. big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Stay big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save big money.